meeting. A um, couple of points before we start. Um, there are no fire alarms planned or the regular fire alarm has been postponed today. If there is an alarm, it will be for real. Please meet on the grass at the front of the building. Um, can everybody ensure that their mobile phones are turned off now, please? Please check. I don't like it when mobile phones go off. Um, just a reminder that today is being broadcast live, so um, bear that in mind with your comments if necessary. Uh, we will be trying to keep everybody to a three-minute time limit. Um, if we run over by a minute, then obviously, and if everybody does that, then it adds an extra hour to the end of the day. So uh, I'll be trying to hold that to three minutes. Um, the presentation from MAG at the beginning is not timed, and the same uh, will be given to SSE tomorrow evening. Uh, gentlemen, if you'd like to start, I have uh, John Twigg and Ken O'Brien. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is Ken O'Toole, uh, and I'm the Chief Executive Officer at Stansted. I'm very pleased to have the opportunity to open these three public speaking sessions uh, and to introduce our planning application. I also know that you will hear over the next couple of days uh, from many local interested parties who are supportive of our future and of the opportunities it will create for them, their businesses and their families. The level of support for our application has been overwhelming and is illustrative of the positive impact of the airport across all walks of life. So I just want to make a few opening remarks before handing over to John Twigg uh, beside me, who is our planning director, uh, who will describe our application in more detail. And I think firstly, uh, it's fair to say that we are very ambitious uh, for this region and for the part our airport can play. Um, Stansted is an important part of people's lives in this area, meeting their needs to travel, to trade, to find employment, to develop their careers and to enjoy a prosperous future. We are a vital catalyst for the local economy uh, and a key transport interchange for air, uh, rail, bus and coach. And I meet many airlines, businesses and investors who share our vision and ambition uh, for the airport. They see the potential of this region and are keen to play their part. I've lost count of the number of times members of my own staff have stopped me in the corridor to tell me how excited and enthusiastic they are for Stansted Airport and for the opportunities being created for them and generations of their family members. Our growth over the last five years since MAG acquired Stansted has shown the opportunities and benefits that we can bring and gives perspective and context on what we can deliver uh, in the future. In recent years, uh, we've already added 40 new direct destinations to our departures board, uh, giving local people more choice and opportunity to fly from their local airport. And to avoid a time-consuming, unproductive and expensive journey to Gatwick or Heathrow. An example of one of those routes is our new route with Emirates to the global, uh, their global hub at Dubai, uh, which launched in June of this year. And we'll see nearly a quarter of a million people enjoy travelling with one of the world's uh, leading airlines. And that's just the start. I'm confident that we can attract similar carriers to probably more than 25 new long-haul destinations across the world, including the US, Asia, India, China and beyond. And as we grow, 
making best use of our existing runway and facilities. I want to assure you uh, of the commitment of myself uh, and of my team to, to delivering that growth in a sustainable way, maximising the social and economic benefits for the communities we serve, whilst being rigorous and responsible in the way we manage the environmental impacts of our operation. I'm proud of the way in which my staff and other businesses at Stansted have committed their time, knowledge and resources to supporting local communities, whether by awarding contracts to local businesses, volunteering in community projects or helping local children achieve their ambitions. We hope that when all views and opinions have been heard and the issues considered, that you will be able to feel able to allow us to take the next step in the planned growth of Stansted by approving our application. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'm now going to hand over to John, who will cover in more detail the background uh, and nature of our application. Thank you, Ken. Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, I'd like to begin really with a quick summary of, of Stansted today and the changes in the last five years since MAG ownership uh, came into being. We brought in stronger competition, greater choice, new destinations, and passenger numbers have grown from 17.8 million to 27.6 million. We've invested £150 million and a lot more to come. And a new approach to working with the communities around us, our sustainable development plan, the Aerozone, new technical college, and our community outreach programme. And, and developing Ken's theme about what we hope the future holds, this region has great potential and an ambitious future, delivering growth and opportunities through its vibrant business sector, its strong academic sector, and the talent of its people. And Stansted sits at the heart of that London Stansted Cambridge corridor, home to a rapidly expanding cluster of knowledge-based industries, biosciences, digital, medical, and they trade and work across international markets. But all successful regions need successful airports, and as the air gateway to the region, we can support those ambitions, helping stimulate business growth, attracting investment and visitors through improved connectivity, and offering routes to key destinations in Europe and beyond, and creating a further billion pound of GVA for the region. And our growth can bring social as well as economic benefits, better and more convenient connections for local people, travelling for holidays, visiting friends and family, for culture, education and sport. Our growth will see us adding 5,000 new jobs and exciting prospects for our young people, joining the 12,000 colleagues on site whose livelihoods already depend on Stansted. And all of this in a sustainable location. And these benefits can be secured by using the spare runway capacity you already have, compared to Heathrow and Gatwich, which are already effectively full. Turning to planning, our current planning permission dates from 2008. It limits us to 35 million passengers a year, no more than 274,000 aircraft movements, and a wide range of controls, including limits on noise. But if we are to make best use of that existing runway, we need to do two things, hence this application. We're seeking permission for works within the airfield to create nine new stands and build two new stretches of taxiway, and to move our passenger limit from 35 million to 43 million. But perhaps it's also important to explain what it isn't. There'll be no increase in the number of permitted aircraft movements. 
there will be no increase in the approved noise contour. In fact, a reduction is part of our commitments. We are not proposing an increase in night flights and we will not be lobbying or seeking to relax the government's night flying controls. And finally, it is not about comparing today with 43 million, as some will urge you to do. The important test is to compare the 35 million already permitted with 43 million. Since we acquired Stansted, we have been regularly listening to our neighbours, started with our long-term sustainable development plan in 2015. We have heard a variety of views, we have gained valuable feedback, and that has led us to modify our proposals, for example by now proposing to retain the current limit on aircraft movements. Your own consultation exercise has generated over a thousand responses, and you will hear from some of those people over the next two days, those objecting to our application but also a large number of supporters. So why do we need the new airfield works? The stands will give us space for remote parking of aircraft overnight during our busy summer periods. And the taxiways will enable aircraft to enter and leave the runway in a more efficient way, helping to reduce congestion, fuel burn and emissions and improve punctuality. And why do we need to change the passenger limit? There is a growing demand in this region to fly for business and for leisure and we are fast approaching our current passenger limit. And the region is discussing its future. We want to support the regional agenda for growth and long-term clarity is important for the region. Airports are long-term infrastructure businesses. We too need to plan and invest for the future. But this requires certainty and confidence about our prospects and major infrastructure schemes, as I am sure you know, have very long lead times. But it is not just the region and the airport that need to plan ahead. Airlines need certainty and time to negotiate long-term deals for new routes, to invest in new quieter aircraft, to build facilities and recruit staff. And in a competitive market, they need the confidence that their investment will be sustainable and offer the opportunity for future growth. We turn now to national policy. The debates over the last few years about airports have settled down and government's position is now clear. In line with the recommendations of the Airports Commission and following further public consultation, in June this year the government published two new policy documents, one for a third runway at Heathrow and, on the same day, one which supports a complementary policy to support those airports which seek to make best use of their existing runways. An extract of that is the quote you can see on the screen. Where this involves changing planning caps, it requires local planning authorities to take careful account of all relevant considerations, particularly economic and environmental impacts and proposed mitigations. Which leads me on to those last two topics. The application is supported by a comprehensive environmental impact assessment. It was carried out by independent specialists and is based on robust forecasts and impact assessments. No doubt some will seek to pick holes in the environmental statement, but I am confident that it represents a reliable set of conclusions and of course it has had extensive professional assessment by your officers, advisers and consultees. It shows no significant harm. And those EIA conclusions will help you make the planning judgment. And the test, of course, is one you're very familiar with, 
comparing Stansted at 2028 with the development compared to Stansted in 2028 without the development, i.e. sticking to our current 35 million permission. Noise is the issue that local residents talk to us about the most, so it deserves spending some time on now. I want to explain how we've assessed noise and what we're going to do about it. Across the industry, aircraft performance continues to improve, as it has been doing for many years. New engines, better technology, fewer emissions and less noise. The noise made by each individual aircraft continues to reduce. The new generation of aircraft now coming into service at Stansted have a noise footprint on departure around half that of the current generation. And the two key measures of aircraft noise are how noisy an individual aircraft is and how many times the noise occurs. The two are combined to produce the familiar noise contours, joining up areas of equal noise. Our current permission limits the 57 LEQ noise contour to an area of 33.9 square kilometres. With the development, we forecast that same contour would be 28.7 square kilometres, so a reduction of 5.2 square kilometres. The difference is the very small, you can just detect the very small navy areas on the, the plan compared to the navy blue, which is the 35 million noise contour. And the permission we have is the dotted line that encompasses the much bigger area. And the reason for that reduction is because we're not seeking to increase the number of aircraft movements. But we will see the increasing benefits of those new aircraft, improved performance, better track keeping and a cleaner, quieter fleet. In terms of the numbers of aircraft, the development, if approved, will, by 2028, see an average summer peak day of 640 daily movements without the development, and 712 with the development. So an increase of 72 movements across the day, that's 36 arrivals, 36 departures spread across our three departure routes. And let me reassure you please about night flights. The Government will continue to control the number of night flights and the noise limits, and we are happy to retain the current legal obligation which prevents us seeking a relaxation of nighttime controls, as this is an issue that has caused some local concern and comment. And our assessment hasn't just looked at the traditional 57 LEQ noise contour, but also for the first time a wide range of metrics which are starting to be discussed in policy. Lower noise contours, we've looked at the 54 and the 51 LEQ, and the new and additional number above contours, which assess how many aircraft pass over a particular area. And away from noise and other topics, the ES contains detailed assessments of a wide range of environmental issues, air quality, water quality, carbon, climate change, ecology, ground noise, and so on. And these use the normal metrics and assessment measures you'll be familiar with and that are recommended in policy. The results are set out in careful detail in your officer's report. And on none of these issues has the assessment shown a significant harmful impact as a result of the development. Now I'd like to talk about transport. A 
As you would expect, this has had a huge amount of attention and careful, detailed analysis by statutory consultees and their consultants. It is also of obvious interest to local people. On public transport, Stansted is the best performing airport in the UK and one of the best in Europe. Over 50% of our 27 million passengers come by public transport. And that's because of the investment and joint working by local authorities, bus, coach and train operators, ourselves and the widely recognised efforts of our Surface Access Forum over many years. And it's a similar picture for staff. Since 2002, single occupancy car use by staff has reduced by 23%. We expect a further 10% reduction to reach our target of 55%. And we're committed to maintaining our high level of performance and setting tougher targets. Substantial funding will continue year on year, especially to further improve the local bus and coach network, complementing the investment in 12 car trains on the Stansted Express, which will give us sufficient rail capacity to handle our growth. We've looked at road traffic in great detail. All of the planned housing growth in the area has been allowed for in our assessments. And the conclusion of the highway authorities is that Stansted can grow to 43 million from 35 million without any detriment to the road network, so long as certain improvements are made. And we agree with this and have reached agreement with the highway authorities on the detail of those mitigation measures and our funding towards them. And the final aspect of connectivity is that our stakeholders want to see new airlines and new routes to the places they want to fly to. We've made good progress and more airlines are seeing the potential of Stansted and the strength of the market in the east of England. Ken's already mentioned the success of the new daily service to Dubai with Emirates and that growing demand for business and leisure travel is already reaping dividends for the region. Jet 2 have been a big success and have seen major growth with more aircraft based at Stansted since they started in March last year. And that leads me on to employment and education and skills. As a business, we're committed to investing in the regions in which we operate. Around 12,000 people work on site. It's the largest single employment site in eastern England. And airports are notable for the variety and types of jobs that they offer. Full-time, part-time, seasonal, highly skilled, entry-level, across a wide range of trades and professions, and with long-term career prospects that they can offer to our people. One new based aircraft requires dozens of new staff, pilots, cabin crew, engineers, check-in staff, cleaners, security guards, baggage handlers, caterers, and so the list goes on. And we're passionate about improving skills and raising educational standards, as shown by our volunteering, mentoring and community programmes. Alongside money from our two community funds, our colleagues have spent nearly 5,000 hours over the last year in supporting nearly 100 diverse projects across local communities. And September saw the opening of our new, unique on-site technical college, designed to help bridge the skills gap in STEM subjects. 250 local students are already working in the college towards careers in aviation and that number should increase to 550 next year.
A brief word about our supply chain. Many local businesses provide goods and services and rely on Stansted for their livelihood. You will hear firsthand from a number of them and what further growth means for them, their staff and their families. Our annual Meet the Buyers event is increasingly successful with over £21 million of business placed with local firms since 2011. This year's event alone recently delivered over £9.3 million of local contracts. We have seen strong support for our application from many of the public and private sector agencies responsible for delivering a stronger economy, greater wealth and prosperity for the region and encouraging inward investment. And the evidence from across the globe is clear. Good connectivity is crucial to attracting investors and visitors. Expanding trade and improving competitiveness are crucial for successful regions. And a well-connected region is a successful region. And again, you will hear firsthand from the businesses who rely on Stansted for moving people and goods. And if I may finish now, Chairman, by talking about mitigation. We've listened very carefully to the many comments that have been made on our application. And in particular, we've sought to understand the concerns and issues that matter to local people and develop measures to deal with them. And I believe we now have a full and comprehensive package of mitigation to deal with those concerns. And they fall under four broad headings, noise, transport, community, employment and skills. I'll just spend a few words on each. First of all, noise reduction. As well as reducing noise at source and carefully controlling where aircraft fly, we want to better protect people in their homes. We'll bring in a new sound insulation grant scheme. We will now insulate down to a lower noise contour than before, so nearly twice as many homes will benefit, up from just over 1,000 to just over 2,000. There will be larger grants, up to £10,000. No contribution will now be required from the householder. And the additional insulation will also help with delivering energy savings. And we'll also direct funding at 18 noise-sensitive community facilities, which includes five schools and two healthcare facilities. As I mentioned, we'll retain the legal clause which stops us seeking a relaxation of nighttime controls, this in direct response to community feedback. And we'll look to impose tougher limits and financial penalties on aircraft noise and commit to a reduction in the legally binding permitted noise contour from its current 33.9 square kilometres to the smaller 28.7 square kilometres by 2028. Overall, I believe this is a significantly better package of protection for local residents. The second theme is transport. From every car park transaction and staff parking permit, we divert some of the income into our transport fund. We will now extend that system to the express set-down area. Last year, that system generated £550,000. By 2028, it will have generated £12 million to be invested by the Transport Forum in sustainable travel and support for local bus services, public transport and facilities. On top of that, there's a further £1 million specifically ring-fenced for funding local bus services added to the £1 million already existing unspent from our current Section 106. 
will fund an improvement scheme for Junction 8, the M11, that has been put forward by Highways England and Essex and Hearts County Councils, and will provide a further £800,000 for improvements to local roads, safety, cycling and walking schemes. It's worth saying the Transport Fund has a much wider discretion as to what it chooses to invest in, so that funds can be made available as well as these specific ring-fenced funds. And the final element of transport investment, investment in the network, is the income from the sales of our travel card to staff. Over the next 10 years, that will produce £15 million of revenue for the public transport operators. And all that investment is managed and delivered through our ongoing support and commitment to the highly successful multi-partner transport forum, whose remit will be enhanced. The third strand is community. We're proud of our community programmes and the benefits that they bring locally. We want our community trust fund to do more, so we're increasing its funding to £150,000 a year, index-linked, and expanding its remit to cover health and well-being. We're also removing the restriction which prevents parish councils from applying. The extended area of benefit will remain focused on the areas around Stansted and those overflown the most by aircraft. So over the next 10 years, that's a further £1.5 million direct financial support, sitting alongside our broader CSR and volunteering programmes. And finally, employment and skills. We'll fund and enhance our four flagship programmes. The Aerozone, our primary school offer, which since 2015 has seen 10,000 local children visit and enjoy that experience. The new on-site technical college, the Airport Academy, which successfully encourages and prepares local people to find employment at Stansted. And the annual Meet the Buyers event and jobs fairs, with nearly 700 vacancies promoted at the last one a few months ago. In my view, this all adds up to an appropriate and proportionate package of mitigation. It's related to the development and it sits alongside the significant benefits I've mentioned. In total, these mitigation measures amount to over £30 million of direct funding over the next 10 years, plus, of course, the £15 million of investment into the transport operators. So, in conclusion, we're seeking permission for some modest airfield infrastructure and to move the passenger limit from £35 million to £43 million. And in my view, this is in overall accordance with the development plan, it represents a form of sustainable development in the terms of MPPF and will bring significant economic and social benefits without causing unacceptable environmental harm. And just to recap briefly on those benefits, we're delivering on the government's aviation policy objectives through making best use of the existing airport capacity and being able to meet the growth in demand. We're delivering economic growth and improving regional competitiveness through better connectivity, increased employment, including work on skills and education, and greater choice and competition, and the passenger and environmental benefits of avoiding those long and expensive trips to Heathrow or Gatwick. And all of this delivered within a well-established planning framework, no significant adverse environmental impacts, will continue to operate within the number of aircraft movements already approved, and share the benefits of new technology by offering a tighter noise contour than that that applies for 35 million.
and expanding and improving that range of mitigation measures covering noise, community benefits, transport investment and social and economic initiatives. Thank you very much, Chairman. Uh, thank you very much, Mr Twig. And my apologies, Ken, for getting your name completely wrong. I can assure you it was written on this piece of paper wrong as well. So, so long as everybody knows when I get their name wrong, it's, uh, I'm not uh, picking on certain things. Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll start the uh, public speaking sector now. So if I can have Sinead Finn. Hi, Sinead, if you'd like to go over to the table. Okay. Before we start, Sinead, I'd like to remind everybody to leave a copy of their speech, if they have one, with Mr Glenday, uh, and then we can basically incorporate it into a summary at the end. If you don't have it, don't worry, okay? That accounts for everybody as well. Um, I'm also uh, asked to direct everybody that this is actually the planning committee sitting over here, so that's sort of who you're addressing-ish. Don't worry about it too much. Um, and basically that this is a public speaking session, not a planning committee session, so it's not open for a debate as such with anybody, it's just to hear what everybody has to say. And uh, you have three minutes, whenever you're ready. You Please take a seat and press the button in front of you. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're away. Okay, thank you very much. Um, good morning, councillors. My story is a 20-year story. Um, in 1998, I was destined for a career in Italy, I speak fluent Italian, but found that Ryanair had other plans and my role of negotiating with Italian airports and selling and marketing Ryanair flights to Italians was in fact based at London Stansted Airport. It was quite a shock for me when I got the contract to find that instead of being based in sunny Rome, I was going to be in London Stansted Airport. In 2004, Having grown that market from zero to four million passengers between London Stansted to Italy, I was promoted as head of sales marketing for Ryanair. Although this position had been based, it was, should have been based in Dublin, where Ryanair's operations in the main were. To further growth and development here at Stansted and for the region, I was based at London Stansted with a team of university-educated people who brought colour and diversity to everyday life at the airport. The tempo of job creation in the Greater London Stansted area as a result of such growth was unrivalled at other London airports. The infrastructure in the local towns and villages is continuing to grow as a result. After 13 years of being based at Stansted Airport, I then left Ryanair and set up my own business, which is based in Bishop Storford. My business is called Affinity. It is a global business. All my clients are either based in the US or based in Europe. I don't have any um, UK clients. I pay tax in the UK on all revenue, which I bring into the UK. One of my clients has invested heavily in providing a service to Stansted Airport passengers. They're just starting to see a return on investment. It would be fantastic for them and the local economy where they hire all their staff if they could see further growth and continue to grow. On a personal note, I met and married an Englishman. I have two boys who are half English and half Irish. We are all happy 
to have access to the growing world which is at our feet. I would be in New York were it not for London Stansted Airport. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you, Sinead. Uh, Etel de Mello? No, I do not have. No? Okay. Uh, Adam Byron? Adam? You have three minutes. Um, give me the three minutes. Thank you very much. Um, my name is Adam Bryan. I am a uh, I suppose my most important job is the father of three Essex children. My other job is I'm the managing director of the South East Local Enterprise Partnership, which um, is a partnership which covers Essex, Kent and East Sussex. Um, our job is to determine the destination for growth funding from government into local areas. Um, without wanting to repeat some of the stuff you've already heard, I think it's just worth um, signalling the importance of the airport and its continued growth um, as a bellwether for economic strength and vitality, particularly in this part of the country. I think quite a lot of the um, narrative you hear from government is about Northern Powerhouse and Midlands Engine. I think it's incumbent upon me and, and others in, in, in my industry, if you like, to make sure that we support growth here uh, and jobs here um, and more homes for people here. Um, and therefore, this application is, is critically important to that. Um, I see that um, Stansted and its continued growth is, in many respects, the cornerstone of, of policy, of growth policy for many organisations um, similar to mine in this part of the world. I think when you look at um, businesses and their movements and why does, does a business base itself in Chelmsford, why does it base itself in Colchester, in Bishop Stortford, in, in Cambridge, anywhere around here, Part of that narrative is always about um, the airport, um, proximity to the airport and the impact it can have on their business and you've just heard a, a real life example of exactly that. Um, there are some very real things that are happening which, which very much depend on, on growth at the airport. Um, one is the Enterprise Zone in Harlow, which you may be aware of. Um, that, that's uh, attracting in, in, in investment and interest from, from elsewhere in the country and internationally. Part of its offer is, is about its proximity to the airport, and I think you know, more routes operating now is going to be a real positive for the success of that venture just around the corner. Um, the Garden Communities agenda from government and, and the growth of this area um, in terms of housing, again, um, having a, an international airport on the doorstep is, is, a, is a big tick um, for people who are interested in moving here um, and making a contribution to the economy here. Um, the, the, the college that, that we're invested in to the tune of three and a half million at the airport and the aerozone plays a vital role in respect of aspiration um, and I reflect that a little bit in terms of my own children who have been to the aerozone through their primary school and you know, what that does in terms of uh, inspiring people to stay here, to contribute to the economy here, I think that cannot be overstated in terms of its importance. And just a final point, I think there are various other infrastructure investments that, that very much count on, on growth here and success here. The West Anglia main line coming north out of London um, through up to Cambridge and with, with Stansted in the middle, I think is, um, is heavily linked to continued growth at the airport. So um, for me, it's uh, very much noticing the flashing red light over there. Um, that, that is another thing, you know, infrastructure investment very much kind of... It's it tells the same story. It's about growth here, it's about ambition here, and it's about making it real and, and playing our part in, in, in helping it continue. Apologies for going over.
<coughs> Not necessary, really. Um, <coughs> I didn't know about the flashing light. <laughs> I do now, yeah. Okay, uh, Mr. Darren Bathroom. Mr. Bathroom, when you're ready. Thank you. Um, Stands to the airport, the future, and what it means to me personally. Um, I think my primary focus is on career opportunities, local community support, business opportunities, and increased customer choices for us all, me being a customer as well. The growth of Stansted secures a future for all our family, friends, neighbours, colleagues in a vibrant, diverse industry, offering many career choices and skill sets. The new on-site college it has been mentioned, but it is a pioneering statement of intent the first of its kind in the country to bring in the local community of today into the workforce of the future. I see this as a great opportunity to drive variety in local employment, facilitating both full and part-time options, uh, which is really key to suit all individuals' needs and a prosperous future for us all. Career opportunities will continue to grow across mechanical, electrical, airfield operations, security, IT, fire service, customer service to name but a few, as well as a fully integrated apprenticeship and graduate programme. I have great pride in personally engaging and supporting our local community relations events, primarily in school mentoring programmes, promoting the variety of career opportunities that exist within an airport operation, preparing our local school leavers with interview coaching techniques and personal growth in whichever career path they choose. We'd like it to be at Stansted. Stansted's growth plans also offer great opportunities to the local business supply chain, boosting the local economy in many ways as well as adding further employment opportunities for all. Public transport has always been key, and John mentioned that this morning, but it's key to the airport's success and the growth will allow these services to secure or expand their operations with an element of investment certainty, further serving and improving the needs of our local community and surrounding areas. I see this as a really key enabler to ensure that all of our surrounding villages and towns have sustainable transport options and links for the foreseeable future. A successful planning application will enable the airport to grow and widen the airline base, giving all our customers a variety of choice and a broader destination base offering. Stansted is my local airport and my personal wish is to be able to fly <coughs> anywhere from Stansted as my first choice. Stansted's growth plans maintain a sustainable and environmentally responsible approach, working in partnership and promoting our local community, business partners and service providers. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Bathroom. Uh, Jonathan Fox. When you're ready, Mr. Fox. Thank you and good morning. Residents are understandably concerned by Stansted Airport's planning application which, if accepted, would result in an extra 44% increase in flights and a 66% increase in passenger numbers annually, based on last year's statistics. It would also result in people living under the flight path being overflown even more often than they are at present. Another consequence of these proposals would be to see a significant increase in airport-related road traffic on our already congested roads. 
The Government's own Committee on Climate Change has for a long time now set out an appropriate planning assumption for emissions from aviation, i.e. they shouldn't be any higher in 2050 than they were in 2005 without the use of international credits. The CCC has already stated that another runway at Heathrow would breach this threshold by 15%. MAG's own carbon emission projections for Stansted Airport in 2028 would be 82% higher than assumed by the DFT if this application receives approval. It is therefore surprising that the 43 MPPA planning application Environmental Statement, Volume 4.2, page 27, states that the development case is unlikely to materially impact the UK's ability to meet its 2050 national aviation target of 37.5 metric tonnes of carbon dioxide. Stansted's proposals would only increase aviation carbon footprint further still and would do nothing to square the circle between aviation expansion and its increasing impact on the environment. Stansted Airport is subject to a cap of 35 million passengers per annum and last year handled a throughput of just under 26 million passengers. The recent DFT forecasts project that the airport will only handle 31 million passengers per annum in 2030. Put into context, these forecasts place passenger numbers four MPPA less than the current cap two years after the date MAGs have stated Stansford passenger numbers will be at 43 million. This planning application surely doesn't stand up to scrutiny when compared to DFT forecast for the airport in 2030, which completely undermine MAG's 2028 passenger projections. In conclusion, airport expansion does destroy people's lives and it trashes the environment. Stansted Airport's view that their proposals wouldn't have any significant environmental effects does a great disservice to the residents of Uttlesford. And not surprisingly, I urge you to reject this application. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Fox. Uh, (coughs) Jonathan Oates. Good morning, everybody. Uh, I sit before you here today uh, for several reasons. I'm an employee of Stansted Airport and I'm a local resident, but above all, I feel passionately that a successful Stansted is beneficial for every person in this room. Like a lot of my colleagues at the airport, I am very proud to work at Stansted. Stansted has become an institution. It is a brand every one of us knows and also one that we all take advantage of, either directly or indirectly. With 12,000 people on site, it is the largest employer in the east of England and is the catalyst for many thousands more jobs right across the region. But increasingly, the airport is also a real force for good and makes a difference to people's lives in a way that many businesses up and down the country just aren't able to do. Stansted is a prime example of a growing business where tackling the skills shortage has become part of its daily life. We are competing for the talent in our region against the likes of Tesco in Bishop Stortford, 
across Keys in Saffron Walden and even AstraZeneca in Cambridge. It is vital for us that we are able to attract, retain and motivate large numbers of staff and several years ago we realised that the issue wasn't going away, particularly when we are predicting a need for 5,000 more jobs at the airport in the next 10 years. So we did something unique. We set out to solve this problem ourselves and built from scratch our own educational support ecosystem, meaning today that we offer skills and careers support to literally people aged between 5 and 105. Our £500,000 Aerozone looks to inspire future engineering talent and, as we've heard today, has already welcomed 10,000 early years children through its doors, including my own five- and seven-year-olds. The £11 million on-airport college saw nearly 300 students begin classes for the first time in September. And finally, the airport's dedicated employment academy helps to develop the skills and confidence of the unemployed in this district who are seeking to work at Stansted. Only a couple of weeks ago, it was this academy who announced that it would be offering every one of our staff free English and maths classes to GCSE equivalent. Be under no illusion, this is revolutionary stuff, and we are regularly contacted by other big businesses looking to replicate these ideas. And for me, this is what Stansted today is about. Yes, my work pays the mortgage, but I get out of bed every day because the airport really means something to me. And when we say we care about the local community in which we operate, we really do mean this. Thank you, Mr Oates. Uh, Neil Banks. Good morning, my name is uh, Neil Banks and thank you for letting me talk to you today. I've been working at Stansted Airport for the last 28 years. When I asked the question, what I support the growth of Stansted, I look back and remember my journey. I've been on during the time at Stansted. Having worked with BAA for overall and MAG, I've seen lots of changes of ownership and changes over the years that have seen airlines and passengers. I've seen airlines start and grow to be the best in class and seen others start and unfortunately stop. What has grown and continues to grow is the spirit and the people that make Stansted a very special place in my heart. I have been privileged enough to introduce schemes that support people returning to work, providing a vital opportunity to gain work experience in a safe, supported environment. Introducing an apprentice scheme, giving, people, giving young people a career opportunity to learn while they earn and seeing some of them go on to future leaders of our business. Even my own children have found their feet at Stansted. Sorry, Chair. My oldest son has worked at Stansted for nearly eight years, and my youngest son is determined to join the airport college in September and become a Border Force Officer of the future. More importantly, I've been able to give back to the local community through five years of mentoring at Stewards Academy in Harlow, helping students that were struggling to deal with school to find ways to succeed. Add to this sponsorship for two London marathons on behalf of Stansted Airport to raise funds for the Asthma Society, a Tough Mudder for Click Sergeant charity for young people, along with gardening at Bridge End Gardens, Great Eastern and helping out at Harlow Food Bank. 
In addition, I'd like to tell you about a young autistic boy called Scott, whose mum wrote to our CEO to say that he has never been on holiday as the airport is too frightening for him. After chatting to his mum, I arranged a visit for the whole family, Scott, mum, dad and his sister, to come to the airport on a Saturday to try to get over his fears. After three hours of talking and walking and looking at what happens at the airport, the family not only went on their first holiday abroad, but Scott has also started to pick up the school and grow in confidence as a young person. That's why, to me, Stanford is more than a job, it's a family. And like all families, it needs to grow to be able to give more back to the country, the community, and the people that make Stanford Airport great. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr Banks. Uh, Jamie Bass. Hi, good morning all. You have three minutes, Mr Bass. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> good morning all, thank you for, for having me. Uh, my name's Jamie. I live in a town called uh, Enfield, which is in North London. I work in our customer relations department here at Stansted Airport. Uh, one of my primary duties involves communicating directly with our customers, visitors and our passengers as well. It's a very diverse role which allows me to capture the views of our passengers and their overall experience, both negative and positive. What I enjoy most about working here at the airport is the environment. Uh, it's so animated and no two days are ever the same at the airport. Uh, the thing I enjoy most is meeting some of the many passengers that pass through our airport each day. I spend a lot of my time in our main terminal where I get to interact directly with the passengers. Uh, I have a genuine interest in people and their daily routine and take a great interest in their destinations and travel plans. Uh, the secondary perk about working at Stansted is the ability to finish a hard day's work and jump on a plane for a weekend break, uh, usually to Amsterdam, which is my favourite city. Uh, working at Stansted has really helped me achieve my personal goals. I finally found a career where I can honestly say like I've made a difference at the end of each day. Financially, I am able to do all the things I want to do and more. Uh, this is by far the most successful career I've ever had today, and I have no intentions of ever leaving the airport at this stage. Um, the room for progression at Stansted is absolute. There's no denying that Stansted Airport and its passenger numbers are growing at an unparalleled rate. There are so many opportunities for people, both in the local community and those who are lucky enough to work at Stansted. I once volunteered at the Aerozone, which is an educational facility for the young, on-site at Stansted, and it was great to see children genuinely interested in things here and how the airport operates. The new college is also a fantastic opportunity for people to continue their education and see what's available to them at the airport. Although this is a hugely positive thing for Stansted Airport and its staff, with this change and increase in passenger numbers comes the need for us to think about the future. Without Stansted, I do not feel I would be able to see any of my grandparents in Cyprus as frequently as I do now. This is not only because of the many daily flight options available, but because of the convenience and short distance Stansted Airport is from North London. Family is important to me, and the time I spend with them is precious. Uh, whilst living in North London does mean I have other airports to choose from, in my view there is only one choice, which is of course Stansted Airport. Flights to and from Cyprus are reasonably priced, and flight timings are perfect for a visit to see my family. Um, that concludes the end of my speech, and I'd like to thank everybody present here for allowing me to share my views today. You're welcome. Thanks, Mr Bass.
Um, Chris Turton. Mr. Turton. No? Okay, I'll move on. Andrew Eagle. Mr. Eagle, you have three minutes. Thank you. Uh, good morning, uh, councillors and ladies and gentlemen. Um, my name is Andrew Eagle. I'm the uh, aviation account lead for Mock McDonald, which is a British uh, engineering and strategic advisory uh, firm. And we're currently employed at Stansted Airport. So I would, quick uh, point I'd like to make really about uh, employment. Now, we have about 16,000 people uh, around the world and we generate about 1.5 billion, so quite a large firm. And we work on Heathrow, JFK, Hong Kong, places like that. And here at Stansted over the last uh, year, we've been involved in the design phase. And we've had about 100 people contribute to this project. Of those 100, the majority have come from either our London offices or our uh, Cambridge office, with I think under 10 coming from uh, the, the local region. And that's great, but that points to a bit of an issue which I think this project is, uh, uh, can, can resolve. And if we look at, um, if we look at um, projects like this, I think it's quite often that we focus on the immediate locale of jobs at the airport and noise and things like that. But for our point of view and our experience working on major programs, we find that, the, uh, as the word was used earlier, in terms of a catalyst for future growth uh, within the region, is the potential is phenomenal. And when you have a good airport with uh, easy and uh, clear accessibility and it's efficient and well run, that is a huge draw for investment from uh, firms. So not directly into the airport, but within the region. And you, have to look, you don't have to look far um, for major investments and organizations that have moved into uh, regions that have drastically changed the makeup of skills and employment and also the future, uh, uh, the future opportunities for, for the next generation. So the kids that are in school now, where are they going to work? Typically, they will be going to Cambridge or London. With better investment and a, driven by a better airport, the opportunities will be there for them to have high-end technical skills based here in the east of England. And that's something that we very much would like to support and we would very much uh, like to see happen. Um, it, you know, if you, if you fly from Stansted, um, a good, a good uh, uh, a reference point would be to go to a flight I did recently, which was uh, Cologne in Germany, about the same age airport. The experience there and the experience at um, uh, Stansted are, are quite different. And by uh, authorizing this um, planning application, we will unlock the potential of Stansted Airport to get up to speed with European competitors, which again will retain talent and uh, employment within the, within the local area. So for that reason, myself and my firm are hugely uh, supportive of, uh, of this planning application. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Eagle. Um, Steve Bunker. No, Mr. Bunker. Okay. Monica Simonatiti. Uh, I'm sure I've got your name wrong, Monica. Miss, sorry. Oh, well. Clean sweep. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for giving the opportunity to speak to you today. I'm Monica Simonitide, and I've been working at Stansted Airport for three years after graduating from Loughborough University with a degree in air transport management. I've been interested in aviation from a young age, 
and my father, he's been the senior manager of an air traffic control tower. Do I support this sensitive airport planning application? Absolutely, I do. And I would like to explain you why, as it's something I'm very passionate about. So Sunset Airport gave me an opportunity, gave me the chance for my career to literally take off. Back in 2015, after rigorous and highly competitive application process, I've secured a place at Stansted as an airport management graduate. In total, there were six of us that came to Stansted, coming from reputable universities, willing to apply the knowledge and skills by working at Stansted Airport. The variety of graduate scheme is very wide, and it covers main areas of the airport business, including airline operations, terminal, customer service, engineering, and business change. Myself and fellow graduates are now in managerial positions, managing our own teams and influencing the airport's future strategy, making the graduate scheme a success story. Such job opportunities are there because of the airport's immense growth, creating a demand for young professionals as myself. It's great to be part of Stansett's exciting contribution towards stronger connectivity for Global Britain, and I'm proud to be a valued member of the team, delivering this by seeking to make the best use of Stansett's capacity in a sustainable and responsible manner, which will benefit the communities and region it serves. The approval of the planning application and the subsequent development that will follow will lead us to more job opportunities for young people to come and join us at Stansted. Attracting future employees that have abundance of energy, ideas, eagerness to learn, determination is a massive benefit for the airport, and I truly believe that the planning application will unlock that potential. Last week, as an example, I was at the Careers Fair Loughborough University, and I witnessed myself just how much interest there is in Stansted's growth. One of the main questions coming from the final year students who are already looking for the jobs next year was about Stansted's transformation project and opportunities to be involved. To sum up, I'm proud to be working at Stansted Airport and starting my career here as the graduate, hence I strongly support the planning application to be approved. It will help to ensure the continuation of graduate schemes which attract young talent and help to prepare the future leaders for the industry to see. Thank you. <coughs> Thank you, Monica. Um, James von der Echt. I'm sure these names are put on here to test me today. <laughs> uh, you've not had it easy today. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, uh, my name is James. Uh, I work at Stansted Airport um, as the operations planning and resourcing uh, manager. So I moved to Stansted earlier this year. Uh, I grew up in Cambridgeshire and 10 years ago uh, I moved to London to fulfil a career in aviation that gave me opportunities to prosper. I recently moved back to Stansted um, thanks to the success of the, the, the airport in recent years. My local council invested in me. They supported me for 14 years in education. Um, and for the last 10 years, I, uh, I paid my council tax to councils in West London. Providing employment opportunities close to where we grew up is something I consider very important. It helps communities to flourish. It provides a sense of belonging and creates pride in our region. I didn't want to live in London. It's not where I grew up. It's not where I want to raise a family. Um, and Stansted enables me to, to do what I want to do, which is have a family in East, in East Anglia. Approval of this application will create 5,000 new jobs, and so I was delighted to see the opening of Stansted College uh, just a month ago. Uh, the first of its kind and a tangible demonstration of the airport's genuine commitment to establishing a path between the classroom and the boardroom. I, like many, I, like many people in this room, uh, are very conscious about the environment around me. I believe that we will have a part to play, including aviation. Aircraft getting more efficient and airlines are looking at alternative fuels. Last month, Virgin Atlantic flew from Gatwick to Orlando using fuel which was mixed with biofuel. Uh, the supplier claims it reduced greenhouse, gas, greenhouse gases by at least 65%. 
I currently rent in Burton End, uh, and so I'm particularly interested in aircraft noise. Uh, this is something that I believe that airlines, aircraft manufacturers uh, and airports all have a, uh, an interest in. Um, we've already heard about the, the, the noise contours, but uh, you may be aware that uh, the, the new generation of Boeing 737s, the Ryanair workhorse, uh, are registering 40% reductions in noise footprints. And, la and two weeks ago, EastJet announced that uh, they expect to be flying planes powered by batteries in the next decade, something I think Stansted is in a prime position to take advantage of. We will not curb our nation's hunger for travel, and nor should we attempt to. Travel provides huge social benefits. It connects families and broadens our cultural awareness. On top of this, aviation contributes £1 billion a week to the UK economy. If growth does not occur here at Stansted, it will occur somewhere else, meaning the residents of our region must add another two hours to their journey. It's important to remember that this planning application requests permission to grow within the, within the existing noise limits and movement limits. Based on these factors, I strongly believe that the Uttlesford District Council can recommend this application uh, safe in the knowledge that it will be done in a responsible manner. Thank you. Thank you very much, James. And before we take a break, Helen Mackley. Good morning. My name is Helen Mackley. I am a local resident. I have lived in Uttlesford District Council <clears throat> with my family for 30 years now. Um, I live 12 miles from the airport and I have been lucky enough to work at the airport for the last two years. <clears throat> I believe that MAG are fully committed to ensuring um, the natural environment is not detrimentally impacted by any growth. I personally enjoy the rural setting in which I live. Um, and enjoy the countryside, so feel really reassured now working within the airport that they take these things very seriously. A successful application would benefit the local community, in my opinion. It has the potential to far outweigh the environmental impact by enabling staff and businesses to give back to the local community for it to thrive and grow. I'm a parent of two teenagers who have been through the local schooling and education and are now looking for their opportunities in life. In my experience, MAG promote a culture of caring about the environment, initiatives such as reusable cups to reduce waste and removal of plastic straws have been introduced just in the last few months that I'm aware of. MAG encourage the staff to become involved in the local community by mentoring, volunteering and fundraising, giving us a greater understanding of the challenges faced by the local communities. I also recently joined a group of managers volunteering at the Harlow Food Bank. It was a great team experience and something that I look forward to doing again. We have apprenticeship opportunities at the Stansted Airport College that you've heard lots about this morning. I work with some of the students that are currently doing social media apprenticeships, for, for example. They have told me their learning in the airport has greatly accelerated their understandings. They have found it to be much more valuable than full-time classroom study. For me as a parent, I'm interested at this stage because I feel this type of study can deliver better quality, more industry-ready individuals when seeking employment post-graduation. A huge benefit to the quality of our local force workforce in the future and I believe this offers a huge payback for the community in which the airport sits. 
Other examples are the additional maths and English that someone else mentioned earlier. I think that's unprecedented and also the fact that the airport fund the Aerozone, which is a fantastic facility for primary school children to visit. A successful Stansted Airport, in my opinion, offers our children's children a secure future full of potential. I'm reassured, working within MAG, to see the level of detail that is considered to ensure the well-being of staff, passengers and the local community. Allowing London Stansted to fully utilise the current capacity may offer better environmental solutions than sending more passengers to other London airports that are already overcrowded and at full capacity. Personally, I would much rather travel from Stansted than London or Gatwick, than Heathrow or Gatwick. Um, I believe the opportunity for more people to afford air travel is also hugely impo important. To open travel to all, rather than just the more financially able, should be an option that we fully develop. To be entirely inclusive to all demographics of the community, for students to be able to afford to travel is a fantastic benefit. Technology is bringing quieter and more economical aircraft, and we have new arrivals building to deal with more passengers and to enjoy their travel. Before I worked for MAG, I had no knowledge or understanding of how much they support the local area, and I feel strongly that this should be taken into consideration. Thank you, Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to take a five-minute break, everybody. Um, so back here, five minutes or so. Just a comfort break for the committee. Thank you. 
So I'd like to provide that up before I send it to you. Yeah, please do that. <laughs> Thank you.
<coughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll continue into the second session. I think there'll only be one more session, probably. I'll probably cram everything into this one. Um, can we have uh, John McDonald? No, no, Mr. McDonald? Okay. George Kiefer? No, okay. I don't have a George Kiefer. Uh, Andrew Mahoney? No, okay. Derek Locke? Yes. Derek, would you like to take the stand? Not stand. <laughs> See, I, I've got ideas above my station. <coughs> Hi. Derek, okay? you've got three minutes when you're ready. Sure. Um, yeah. Good morning. Um, I'm Derek Locke. I'm Director of Business Development for Volker Fitzpatrick. I worked with the company for 12 years. Uh, Volker Fitzpatrick is based in Hoddesdon, Hertfordshire, and we have a long history of success built on extraordinary and dedicated people, and the firm was founded in 1921 as a civil engineering company delivering local work for local people. We have grown organically and pride ourselves on delivering a quality product for our valued clients. We have now had a turnover in excess of a half a billion and we still have the same ethos of collaborative delivery. We have developed a strong and open working relationship with Stansted Airport, reflecting their collaborative and sustainable approach to engagement and delivery that is visible across their whole supply chain engagement. And as a result, we view Stansted Airport as one of our key clients. This is one of many reasons why we support Stansted Airport in the delivery of their transformation programme. We see the growth at Stansted Airport as important to the region's growth and prosperity, providing a local option to solving the much-needed additional capacity required by business and travelling public in the south. Although we are a multidisciplined contractor, commercial and military airfield infrastructure has been a core of our history over the last 75 years. It is a key specialism in our portfolio of expertise and we have invested in a fleet of specialist equipment for machine laying pavement quality concrete suitable for airfields. We have become synonymous with the delivery of airfield infrastructure at both civilian and military installations and the expansion plans at Stansted has the need for such specialisms that we provide a sustainable programme of work for local companies and workforce. We have successfully bid for a long-term framework with Stansted, which enables us to invest in our workforce to meet future growth through targeted work placement programs, offering trainees to local people, apprenticeships and placement opportunities through local schools, colleges and universities. As a main contractor, we play a key role in supporting local businesses that work with us to deliver a quality service to our clients. We have a strong supply chain and have a reputation of being a contractor of choice. We engage closely with the local suppliers using local materials to reduce our environmental impact and support sustainable growth in our region. We are about to start delivering a significant multi-million pound infrastructure in nearby Harlow for Public Health England and our work placement team are creating local employment and training opportunities on this project as well as hosting buyer events to promote opportunities for local SMEs and our supply chain. This is in addition to other major contracts of multi-million highways infrastructure schemes that we are targeting nearby. These projects alongside our Stansted 
Stansted Airport emphasise our commitment to investing in the region's major clients and providing work for local people and our supply chain. We see connected, integrated infrastructure growth such as Stansted's transformation programme as a significant catalyst for the UK's future in supporting growth and creating jobs and in turn supporting the community, housing, schools and health and services which underpin the region's future prosperity. On a personal note, uh, living in the region and having uh, access to local infrastructure that, that facilities travel to work with my family, sorry, travel with work or my family to a wide range of destinations to enjoy hard-earned holidays is a great attraction. In turn, this generates further growth and opportunities for our ancillary services in the local community, creating jobs, wealth for our region. On behalf of Volker Fitzpatrick, I fully support Stansted Airport's transformation programmes for the expansion. Just on a note, um, Volker Vessels, our mother company, in total employs 191 surf locally, pay, paying a wage bill of around £8.7 million per annum. We also have £25 million annum spent through our local suppliers, and we have 175 suppliers based in this region. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Locke. Uh, Mr. John MacDonald. Mr. MacDonald, you have three minutes when you're ready. Good morning. Uh, my name is John MacDonald and I have worked at Stansted Airport for 18 months as the operations manager for Galliford Tri, one of the framework civil engineering and building contractors at the airport. I'm a civil engineer and have worked in the water and civil engineering business for the previous 35 years, bringing the skills and knowledge I've gained managing a variety of multi-million pound projects into the aviation sector. I'm proud to be part of the Stansted Airport community. I've lived in Colchester for nearly 30 years, and myself and family have used Stansted extensively as passengers since it was opened due to its close proximity to Colchester. From a work perspective, our company has had a presence here since 2014, and depending on the number of projects we are delivering at any one time, we employ directly around 50 people, ranging from managerial to site operatives. In terms of our long-term permanent staff, around 50% live locally to Stansted, so you can see how important the airport is to our livelihood and quality of life. We use a substantial supply chain, including a large proportion of local companies who provide a wide range of services and products to enable us to complete our works to the high standards required on a busy and vibrant airport. At the recent Meet the Buyer event held at Stansted, it was evident that there is a great deal of interest amongst local and national firms in winning work here, particularly with the plans for future expansion and growth. It is important to our workforce and company that the application is approved in order to provide us with the exciting opportunity to play a part in the future development of the airport and to provide a stable and sustainable 
environment for our families. As a passenger, this application is great news. A separate arrivals terminal, improvements to the existing terminal, additional airlines and new routes, including long haul, can only enhance the travel experience at Stansted. Why would you travel from Heathrow or Gatwick with congestion on the M25 and M23 if Stansted can meet your travel requirements? To summarise, I see Stansted as the jewel in the crown in Essex in terms of employment and improving air transport and quality of life in the area. Approval of this application will help to secure the employment of current and future generations in the area whilst providing the region with an airport that is fit for the 21st century and that we can all be proud of. Thank you, Mr MacDonald. Um, do I have George Kiefer now? No. Andrew Mahoney? No. Okay. I can carry on. Vincent Thompson. Mr Thompson, you have three minutes when you're ready. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Vincent Thompson and I'm a resident of Little Eastern where my wife and I have lived for 23 years. I believe this application is premature and without foundation and so should be rejected. You have been swamped by papers and detail. My objective is to cut through this overload and get to the fundamentals. The MAG application is of course based on its projections for future growth. The MAG projections are highly ambitious. They contradict those of the Department of Transport and defy common sense. If the projections make no sense, the application must be rejected. MAG's environmental statement shows passenger numbers growing to 36 million by 2023 and to 43 million by 2028. This is largely due to the number of passenger planes increasing by 44% to 2023 and 66% to 2028. That is an increase of 67,000 and 101,000 planes a year, or 184 and 277 a day, assuming they are spread equally through the year, which of course is not the case. That, by any standards, is a massive increase in the number of planes, which seems improbable in an era of major economic uncertainty. More to the point, however, it looks impossible. Stansted is dominated by Ryanair, as you know, whose share increased from 68% in 2011 to 82% in 2016. EasyJet accounts for a further 10%. So over 90% of the Stansted traffic is the low-cost model, based on short-haul flights, setting off in the morning, returning and departing in the middle of the day, and returning at the end of the day. At these peak times, Stansted is running at full capacity. Now, the idea that the number of flights can be increased by 44%, let alone 66%, by squeezing in them into these busy periods or into the brief lulls between the peaks is ridiculous. It cannot be done. So either these projections are worthless 
or MAG's undisclosed objective is to increase dramatically the number of night flights. Either way, the application must be rejected. Following the unfortunate passing of the draft local plan in June, the Council is in danger of losing all credibility. Forget the hundreds of pages, focus on the fundamentals and reject this application. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Mr Thompson. I think I now have Mr Mahoney. Mr Mahoney, you have three minutes. Good morning. My name's Andy Mahoney. I've um, been an Usselsford resident for 40 years. And I'd just like to say that uh, for 30 of them years I lived at the end of the runway where the noise was horrendous for many of them years. The noise has largely gone because of the hush kits on the aeroplanes and the type of aeroplanes there are nowadays. Brought my family up in Usselsford. been a great place to bring them up. And I think the airport's been a great contribution to that. It's been controversial in lots of ways but it's been a great contribution to the overall economy of Uttlesford. I use the airport on a regular basis myself, so as a, as a user, I found it a really good airport. It does need the new, de new departure lounge or arrivals lounge, which is uh, happening, um, so it's got more space in it. But... Um, as a local resident, I find the airport really useful. I also have a business, which is um, a reasonably large business within the area. employs 1,600 people. That business has grown and flourished largely, not all, but largely because of the airport and the, the extra facilities that, you don't, that, that actually come with the infrastructure of the area that are largely nothing to do with um, the airport, but that has helped m mine and many other businesses. I think we need to take that into account. The extra passenger growth, in my eyes, if it can come from within the perimeter of the airport without the additional night flights, um, I think it's got to be a good thing for the economy going forward. have got to be careful with how it's handled, but um, that's where I'm coming from. And I think that uh, there's many, many businesses that actually rely on the airport, many families that rely on the airport. You need to be careful the way it's being done, but uh, I'm in favour of, of the expansion in a controlled fashion. Thank you. <coughs> Thank you, Mr Mahoney. Uh, do I have a Mr. Kiefer now? No? Okay. Uh, Stephen Cole. Who's here? Mr. Kiefer? No, he's not. Okay. <coughs> Who's in charge here? Uh, Debbie Bryce? No, Debbie's not here because I. Uh, Stephen Cole. 
No? Okay. Jackie Cheatham. I know Jackie's here. Jackie, you have three minutes. I'm Jackie Cheatham, and I would like to make the following comments on the application. I think this application is premature for the following reasons. Junction 8 roundabout cannot cope with the traffic now, and the proposed improvements only take in the airport growing to 35 million passengers per annum. We are concerned that if the airport grows beyond this, the A120 will get more crowded with airport traffic and then the people from Dunmo and the East will start to use the B1256 which goes through Takeley Village. This road will become even more congested and will slow traffic through the village to a standstill. We already have problems with airport express coaches using the village as a rat run into the airport. The Takeley Four Ashes Crossroad has problems with capacity now and expanding the airport from 35 to 43 million passengers per annum is going to put even more pressure on the route along Parsonage Road. Not enough work has been done with regard to the impact on local roads for this application. Therefore, I think this application does not meet the requirement of Gen 1. The traffic generated by the development must be capable of being accommodated on the surrounding transport network. Noise. Because of the nature of the flights at Stansted Airport, many flights use early and late slots. Therefore, the noise is more disturbing to local residents. Once you have been woken up, early morning sleep patterns are disturbed and the chances of getting back to sleep are small. Health studies have found that broken sleep is very bad for humans and government is now looking at this problem. Ground noise from the new taxiway is also a concern to the local residents. I cannot see enough mitigation measures proposed to address the effects of noise on those living near the airport. The new WHO figures on noise shows that disturbance is now felt at a lower level than before and therefore this application is contrary to Gen 2 and the emerging SP11. There is not enough capacity in the rail network to accommodate expansion. Train tracks into London have to cope with the commuter traffic as well as the airport traffic. And unless there is major work done, getting the extra passengers to arrive by train is going to be unattainable. There will have to be a cheap rate rail ticket in place or large families will not give up using their cars and parking on the streets in the local village. They feel the airport car parks are too expensive to use. The exit fee charged for drop-off and pick-up at the airport is also causing problems as taxis and cars wait in every spare space in the local villages before collecting their passengers. I would like to finish with a quote from Baroness Sack, Aviation Minister, when speaking to a conference. We must never forget that the communities we serve, we need to consider those living in areas surrounding airports. I don't think this application or report adequately takes this principle into account. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie. Uh, Richard Cheatham.
Richard, you also have three minutes when you're ready. Thank you, Chairman. My name is Richard Cheatham, and I'm speaking to register the main reasons why I am objecting to this planning application by Stansted Airport. Contrary to national policies, the noise impacts and the steps that have been proposed to counter the adverse effects of the increased noise on the local community, local residents as well as school children, are inadequate. The increased numbers of landings and takeoffs, together with the increased levels of road traffic on an already inadequate local road system, will pose further additional risk to local vegetation, um, Hatfield Forest comes to mind, and various experts in this field have expressed the view that it is not possible to assess the risk from the information given. Therefore, it is not possible to be satisfied that proposed measures of mitigation are adequate. As no quality of life assessment has been done, the true level of community pressures caused by further expansion has not been adequately considered. I am a local resident living near the airport in Takeley, and I am adversely affected by the ever-increasing levels of local traffic. Chaos is already frequently experienced along the B1256 towards the M11 Junction 8. Slow traffic with frequent stationary pauses add up to an increasing amount of air pollution, particularly at rush hours, when journey times can be 20 or 30 minutes. The proposed alterations to this junction appear to be minimal and should be recognised as being designed to cope with the existing Stansted Airport limit of 35 million passengers a year. There are no plans which would help take the residents or others using the B1256 to use Junction 8 in what might be termed a normal manner. I believe that airports currently having 20 to 30 million passengers per annum should be regarded as being not a local airport, but of a size surely that can only be regarded as a nationally significant infrastructure project, an NSIP, for those people not knowing what that is. As much such, their expansion plans should be determined not by a hard-pressed district council, but by national government. As the level of noise pollution has been updated to one based not on averages but on experiences, there needs to be a greater regard paid to the level at which the onset of annoyance is caused. This would be help in deciding the suitability of an increase in night flights should, together with a move to define night as being between the hours of 11 o'clock at night to 0700 hours the following morning, especially in this area of low ambient noise levels. I therefore urge you to refuse this planning application. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Cheatham. Uh, Darren Hasty. No, okay. Uh, Robert Jones. Nice simple name, Mr. Jones. <laughs> no offence, meant obviously. <laughs> when you're ready. Thank you. I object to this application for the following reasons. The increased noise disturbance. Since the move of the... I live in Hatfield Heath. Since the move of the Dover route to the Clacton route, noise disturbance over us has doubled. Mitigation suggested by the airport has not worked. This originally was the RNP1 route. Planes supposedly on this route still cause noise in the village. 
Recent complaints responded to by the airport continue to show, of, show this. Of 62 complaints in September and October, 44 were on the RNP1 route. Out of these 62 planes, 40 were below 3,000 feet. We wonder if this lowering of height is a result of planes from other airports being in the airspace freed by moving the Dover route. Although we are a large village, our parish council is not, on the, is not one of the formal consultees for the airport's noise action plan 2019-2023. to We would have thought that a decision to increase noise dis- disturbance would have waited until national aviation policies were published, hopefully with independent noise monitoring at airports. Secondly, night flights. We object to any move to increase these. Despite the airport informing the MP that we are not affected by the Detling route, this does not apply at night. The Noise Complaints Analysis Report 2017 is confusing reading for residents. Daytime is defined as 7am till 11pm. The night complaints registered of 963 flights do not include those in the shoulder periods, 6am to 7 a.m. and 2300 hours to 2330, which are another 832 flights. We are concerned that larger noise aircraft will operate at night. Increased road traffic. The building of Junction 7A on the M11 opens another route to the airport and we foresee gridlock in our village and neighbouring ones when Junctions 8 and 8A are jammed. There is a, number four, there is a further increase in the need for social housing if the jobs created by the expansion are low, play, low paid. Then either more suitable accommodation is found or there is more travel. Air quality. We are concerned about the health effects of increased pollution. We would expect effective monitoring at ground level for road traffic pollution and up to 3,000 feet for that from aircraft. Aircraft emissions do not disappear for 50 years, so there may be a link to climate change. However, pollution has understated impacts on health, including asthma and cardiovascular and respiratory disease. Finally, water supply. After the long hot summer, we wonder how the water supply will be maintained for residents at present, let alone with an expanded airport and the additional housing proposed in the local plan. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Jones. Um, Soraya Woodhams. No, okay. Jane Gray. I live on the outskirts of Ashton. Until recently, this was a very quiet area with no traffic noise, but my house is now a turning point for aircraft coming into Stansted. In the three minutes I'm allowed here, two aircraft coming in to land will overfly my house as well as one slightly higher, which will be coming from the coast and making its way to Luton. The incoming overflying aircraft are very noisy as they turn at low altitude and take a long time to do a half circle. 
The nights are very bad with aircraft regularly shattering the silence. I had to have the radio on all night to drown out the aircraft so I'm not continually woken up. This is the first reason I'm against further flights, especially night flights. Incidentally, Ashton does not appear on the maps at public consultation events by Manchester Airport Group, um, but they are on their website with the flight paths marked. The second reason is that I do not think that councillors and officers are qualified to make a national decision. I was involved in the um, inquiry into the expansion of the airport in the early 80s and it took six months and involved many experts and evidence. It was a massive piece of work. I think the decision should be taken as part of a national policy for airports in Great Britain. There can't be a balanced argument without taking into consideration all the airports in the country and how they affect each other with aircraft movements and passenger requirements. The third reason is that there is a conflict of interest, in my view, between the aspirations of Uttlesford wanting to support airport expansion as Stansted Airport is the biggest employer in the district. Indeed, the proposed housing numbers in the local plan are based on employment figures for the district, and in Uttlesford's infrastructure and delivery plan in May 2008, it says that UDC wished to, and I quote, maximise the local and regional opportunities that arise from the location at Stansted Airport, end of quote. In direct contradiction to this, the Council have made a commitment to look after the health and well-being of its residents. Increased noise and packed roads with the resulting poor air quality all induce stress in people and contribute to physical and mental health issues. I urge you to vote against the proposal and put the community you represent before a company's financial gain. Thank you. <coughs> Thank you, Jane. Um, Debbie, Bryce, I know who you are, you see. You have three minutes. Okay. If I'm too long, please. Do you want to take the one on the end? That's it. Perfect. When you're ready. Okay, thank you. Um, yes, I'd like to raise some points actually made by aviation analyst Chris Terry about business prospects at Stansted. Um, I have a report from, by him from 2005 when four runways at Stansted were proposed. I expect many of us can remember that. I also have some recent comment from him and some questions which he is posing to you today from Cairo Airport by, by chance. Even under the four runway scenario, the business case was poor, according to Chris. Um, he is an independent aviation analyst with his own consultancy and he headed airline analysis at Comets Bank and previously led European transport research at Dresdner Kleinwert. He led major international share issues, including Lufthansa, so he does know what he's talking about. Um, in 2005, as I say, he wrote a report about the prospects for growth at Stansted. Even in that four-runway scenario, Chris did not see much of an economic case for confidence in Stansted. Uh, the, the following points he made then still appear relevant now. Future growth appears heavily reliant upon spill or residual traffic due to capacity shortages elsewhere in the London system, rather than as a, as a result of organic growth from this airport's catchment area. Well, as we now know, in that subsequent period, Heathrow and Gatwick are now going to provide that capacity. Uh, the forecast long-haul traffic, if it even materialises, is more likely to be low yield. As we now know, that is now challenged by Southend Airport. 
Uh, Stansted is unlikely to even become a hub, even more so now with Heathrow. The total employment effects associated with the future development of the airport are limited, and that was under the four-runway scenario. And there is a need to apply a reality test to airport developments elsewhere and their potential relevance in the case of Stansted. Consider the likely second best nature of Stansted traffic, again, even more so under expansion of Heathrow. So given the limited potential for economic benefit and the unimpressive business case, the question is, how does this all outweigh the environmental damage and impact upon quality of life, which expansion here will cause, whether or not it's actually needed? Last week, I actually spoke to Chris, and his advice now is, you need to ask why. Why now? How? And how much would it cost? I don't think we've had any independent information on this. You you can make the figures show anything, but check how they were actually reached. And what are the assumptions, and are they actually reasonable? But he went on to say, it's road traffic that is the problem. The greatest damage here is in journeys to and from the airport. Um, Consider now a document I received under Freedom of Information a few weeks ago. It used to be said that Stansted's greatest source of income is actually car parking. The um, FOI document, or release I should say, that I received uh, recently was the minutes of one of several meetings between Uttlesford Council and Manchester Airport Group. The one I received was in March, at which the following items were discussed. Solar farm options, a coach park, a seven-storey car park, has anyone seen the lovely one at Chelmsford, and construction traffic. Um, I asked, actually, if councillors had even seen these minutes. I received no reply. But I was told that the information refers to possible additional developments within the airport, which Manchester Airport Group does not wish to make public at present. And as far as I'm aware, none of you know about this. Uh, Now, today, Chris Tarry has sent me the following questions from Cairo Airport for you to think about, please. The best approach would be for you to gently demonstrate the reasons for your conclusions and, in particular, how and why you are confident on the medium and longer-term assumptions against the background where Gatwick will develop its additional capacity, which will draw more business from the London area and mean that Stansted is perhaps more dependent on its particular catchment area. The question is, how much demand will will it generate for particular routes and how quickly? Could I suggest that you, the Uttlesford councillors, commission your own report from Chris Terry about the real business prospects and economic case at Stansted so that you can make an informed, independent decision based on realistic assessment and not on what an airport operator says. The, The local community at Luton has exactly the same problem with their council and their operator. Thank you very much. Thank you, Debbie. Um, Steve Coltman. You have three minutes when you're ready, Mr. Coltman. Uh, Good morning. My name is Steve Coltman and I'm the clerk to Arxton Parish Council. Arxton Parish Council still believes that this application should have been dealt with at a national level, especially as the application was presented before the publication of the new aviation strategy and the London Airport Capacity Review. 
However, if UDC continues to press on with the determination of this application, and we understand that the planning officers have already recommended approval, it is important that the planning committee takes note of the views of its electorate and puts the interests of local people at the forefront of any decision. The Parish Council objects to this planning application, which would result, as we have already heard, in an increase of 66% in passenger numbers above 2017 levels. According to government figures, the existing limit of 35 million passengers per annum will not be reached until 2033, some 15 years away, and it is difficult to understand why UDC would be considering an application such as this for plans beyond 2033, the end date of the new local plan, which itself is not yet finalised or agreed. The proposed increase in passengers travelling to and from the airport would place an unacceptable strain on the transport infrastructure, particularly Junction 8 of the M11 and the rail network into London. This increase in traffic around the airport is in addition to any proposals for increased traffic contained in the draft local plan and will only exacerbate the problems of the already overloaded transport network. Any increase in noise levels, particularly at night, is of great concern to local residents and we are pleased to hear that MAG is now not seeking to remove restrictions on night flights. However, despite any assurances that MAG might offer, the Parish Council believes that this application will almost certainly lead to more noise, more pollution, more congestion on the road and rail network and a decrease in air quality. The Parish Council recognises that the airport brings economic benefits to the area and that controlled expansion is necessary. The current agreed limits already allow for a 35% increase in passenger numbers and a 23% increase in flight movements over and above the current levels. These agreed increases will allow the airport to grow, but uh, will present serious challenges to the district in providing sufficient infrastructure, infrastructure and housing to accommodate the new jobs and people that move to the area. Oxton Parish Council believes that the existing limits allow for sufficient expansion, but any further increases can only have a negative impact on local people, and for this reason the Council asks that you refuse this application. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Coltman. Um, can I remind people, if they'd like to leave their script with Mr Glenday, um, as nobody's leaving anything with him, which is <laughs> makes him rather redundant. <clears throat> um, next speaker I have is just, I've only got one word, Rose. No? Okay. Uh, Melvin Caton. I hope I pronounced that right, Mr. Caton, Caton, Caton. Yes, you're right. You have three minutes when you're ready. Okay. Thank you very much. I'm a resident at Stansted Mount Fitchett, but today I'm speaking on behalf of the Uttlesford Liberal Democrat Local Party. Uh, we object to the application. We consider the application to be premature. It is not informed by the, the new white paper that the government is planning to uh, publish in the next year. 
We are also concerned that the current expansion of Luton Airport, the grant of the permission of the third runway at, at Heathrow, and plans by Gatwick to use their reserve runway for scheduled flights uh, have not truly been factored into the applicant scenario planning. It is disappointing that the officer's report lacks any robust analysis of the need for the proposed development in the context of the whole of the London airport's network. The proposal is environmentally sustainable. It does not take into account the government's national and international policies on climate change and their target for carbon emissions reductions from aviation. The UK government has committed to cut greenhouse gas emissions by at least 80% by 2050. This means that the Department for Transport assumes that the CO2 emissions from Stansted Airport will be 1.37 million tonnes of carbon dioxide equivalents in 2018. This compares with the applicant's own estimate in the application of 2.753 million tonnes, i.e. double the level of the Department of Transport's um, planning assumptions. Yet there is no mention of this discrepancy in the officer's report. Installing a few electric vehicle charging points will not make up that difference. The Uttlesford district economy is already unsustainable. Daily, 17,000 residents commute out of the district and 16,000 people commute into the district to do jobs at below national uh, average incomes like those at the airport. The addition of another 13,000 jobs in the area in an area of virtually full employment, Uttlesford has an unemployment rate of about 0.5%, will exacerbate an already difficult housing market and price even more of our local people out of the market. Recently, the IFS calculated the cost of a one-bedroom flat in CM 22, 23 and 24 postcodes costs 44 to 46% of the monthly income of a young person between 22 and 29. The East of England regional average is 37. Finally, there is nothing new on offer to the local community to compensate local people for the disadvantage of having a large international airport on their doorstep. For example, could not the airport fund more residence parking schemes in roads and communities that suffer from regular fly parking by airport users? I urge the committee to reject this application. Thank you, Mr. Caton. Uh, Julie Thwaites.
Um, I checked beforehand with Mr. Uh, Glenday. Uh, Julie's just been to the dentist That's this fine. morning, so she's not really able to speak. So if, with your permission, I'm going to no, simply read fine. her statement, if that's okay. So I'm reading this statement on behalf of uh, Julie Thwaites, who is objecting to the application. And it starts, what is it like to live in Start Hill? I live at Start Hill, Great Hallingbury, in a house I've owned for some 20 years. It is one of the nearest houses to the airport, directly under the southwestern flight path. 70% of all takeoffs use this route at all times of day and night. Please take a moment to try and imagine that. This has a massive impact on my life and the lives of others in our small community. For me, the biggest and most serious impact is sleep disturbance from the noise. The World Health Organization has warned of the many negative health implications and illnesses caused by sleep deprivation, ranging from depression to cancers. The noise also means that the simple enjoyment of the garden, for instance, or trying to hold a conversation outside is impossible when a plane is either landing or, worse still, taking off. Indoors, the TV volume has to be on a higher than normal setting and telephone conversations have to be held in a soundproofed room to avoid interruption. Windows remain closed throughout the year, whatever the weather. In summer, the choice is between sleep disturbance or suffocation. During the working week, there is regular traffic congestion outside on the B1256 during rush hours, heading to and from the M11 roundabout. Any benefit once felt from being bypassed by the new A120 has now long gone. So this is what it's like to live in Start Hill now. But if you approve this application, which includes proposals for developments of new taxiways and aircraft stands, you will be saying yes to an increase in the airport's capacity, which will simply add to all the environmental impacts I have already described. It seems to me we have already lost the balance between the interests of the local community, which you are supposed to represent and protect, and those of the aviation industry. If you vote to approve this application, you will be tipping the scales even further in favour of big business. So I believe you should refuse this application, and here are two reasons why. One, current government policy and current UDC policy do not support building additional infrastructure at Stansted Airport to create further capacity. Two, government, current government policy is to limit and, where possible, reduce aviation noise. Stansted Airport is offering no proposals either to limit or reduce noise. In fact, their proposals show that noise will increase and it is people like me who will suffer the consequences. Thank you. <coughs> uh, thank you very much. I wish you a speedy recovery, Mrs. Thanks. Uh, Geoffrey Lewis. You have three minutes, Mr. Lewis. My name is Geoffrey Lewis. I've lived in the Uttleford district for more than 50 years. I've been a governor of the, Comprehen the Comprehensive School and I'm now trustee of the Saffron Hall. 
I submit that uh, this application should be rejected. I think it is unnecessary, opportunistic and contrary to the basic principles of planning. It's unnecessary because the current permitted limit of passengers is 35 million a year and the actual usage is 26 million a year so there's a leeway of 10 million passengers already and there seems to be no case at the moment at all for increasing the maximum. It's opportunistic because it seems to be being made on the grounds that the going is good at the moment and that Uttlesford have been willing to um, entertain an application and indeed have entered into an agreement in which the airport authority paid money to permit this application to go forward. It's contrary to basic planning principles uh, <clears throat> but if you go back to the origin of the planning legislation in this country which was during the Second World War and resulted in the first planning act, the Town and Country Planning Act of 1947, the green belt around London was a vital element in that planning policy. The worst offenders in punching holes in the green belt have been the airports. The three London airports have done more to destroy the green belt than any other planning uh, application and development in the country. It is vital for our children and their children that the green spaces which were designed to, be, to surround London should remain so far as possible. If they do not, in our part of the world, the M11 will simply become a corridor built up all the way from London to Cambridge. So I urge councillors uh, to reject this application and consider what the long-term benefits are. And if I may end with a quotation from Oscar Wilde, which I think is relevant. The man who knows the price of everything knows the value of nothing. Thank you, Mr. Lewis. Um, I'll just run through. I have also uh, Nicola Ward. Nicola, you have three minutes. Thank you. Okay. I would like to offer you up my own thoughts on the proposed expansion of London Stansted Airport. I grew up in, in Benfield Green, a quiet hamlet of Stansted Village. I'm now married with two sons and live on the Forest Hall Park estate of Stansted, so just across the motorway from the runway and the airport itself. Stansted Mount Fitcher is a lovely, friendly village to live in. Not many places can boast a windmill, a replica Mott and Bailey Castle with links to the Magna Carta, as well as a thriving international airport. 
At home, we are rarely disturbed by aircraft noise, and if we are, it is usually by helicopter flying over, but that's about it. I love to travel. Why wouldn't people want to see what's behind their back garden? My dad has been heavily involved in travel for the past 35 years or so. Up until his recent retirement, he was a well-known figure at Stansted, having played a big part in changes in the airport and participated in many of the local committees. Having been lucky enough myself to fly overseas since the age of six months old, I am sure my love of travel and flying comes from him and the opportunities given to me. If I'm not travelling with friends and family, I do love to go away with a group of girlfriends. The destinations currently on offer from Stansted give a perfect opportunity to explore Europe without having to break the bank and, just as importantly, having to spend time travelling to airports further from home and fly from there. In my personal view, it's all about dreams. As a little girl myself, I've dreamt of being an air hostess. The image portrayed in the 1980s of a glamorous crew jetting off around the globe is always one that sticks in my mind. Being at an airport has always given me a buzz, even now when travelling or indeed working. I have two sons who have also caught the bug for travel. I'll always remember my youngest, about two years old, he's now ten, saying to me from his pushchair on the way to get his brother from school, I do that one day. When I asked him what he meant, he said, I fly aeroplanes and take people on holiday. That dream continues after a school trip to the aerozone, and he now wants to join the local Stansted-based air cadets once he's old enough to do so. Who knows, perhaps he will start his dream job flying from Stansted in the future. I started working at the airport back in 2014 after 20 years rushing about and commuting into London. It's so refreshing just being down the road from work. My current role at the airport is as the data analyst within the customer relations team. Whilst some people obviously get in touch with an inquiry or a complaint, we do get those who take the time to send through their thanks and compliments. Refreshing often in this often too negative world. There really is an exciting buzz around as we move into this period of change and hopefully continued growth. How can local people not think of the benefits of having a growing airport on their doorstep? East Anglia, Hearts, Essex and the surrounding areas wouldn't, in my own personal opinion, be as thriving as they are without the opportunities and jobs that it provides. Yes, there are some areas and people who may be affected by aircraft noise and, and roads and d disruption and disagree with the proposed development, but surely the overall benefits outweigh those issues greatly. In my view, it is certainly an exciting time for all, and I do hope my own personal comments go a little way to help London Stansted Airport grow and move forward with the times. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs Ward. Um, I think I've got uh, Mr George Kiefer. Mr Kiefer, you have three minutes. Thank you very much, Mr Chairman. Uh, my name is George Kiefer. I'm the Chairman of the Haven Gateway Partnership and the Vice Chair of the South East Local Enterprise Partnership. Uh, I should declare that Stansted Airport is a core partner of the Haven Gateway Partnership, but is an, an Uttlesford District Council are not. Uh, I'm also a Fellow of the Royal Aeronautical Society and have been involved in aviation for a number of years. Uh, London uh, airports generally are recognised as engines of economic growth and are essential to the national competitiveness of the UK. London and indeed uh, the South East more generally. 
the airports in the southeast are acknowledged to lack capacity and uh, the further development at Heathrow and uh, Gatwick will be a long time in coming. Uh, they involve major infrastructure provision uh, through additional runways. London Stansted is capable of increasing its passenger numbers to 43 million without the need to co construct a second runway, but by making some adjustments to existing taxiways to allow aircraft to enter and exit the runway more quickly, uh, thus reducing fuel consumption and also air pollution. Uh, this proposal in itself would generate approximately 62 billion of gross value added over 17 years based on an independent economic impact assessment, as well as creating additional jobs. The airport has already invested in the Stansted Airport College, which was supported by the Southeast Local Enterprise Partnership, to train local talent and offer jobs to the youngsters. Uh, and so that they have the skills required by the airport operator and the ancillary businesses based at the airport over the longer term. Uh, my other point is that more passengers, uh, a larger proportion of passengers, arrive at the airport by public transport uh, than any other London airport. And uh, I would also draw the committee's attention that this application does not seek to increase the number of aircraft movements beyond those already committed. Uh, in conclusion, London Airport is investing 600 million and will be creating initially some 5,000 new jobs as a result of this planning permission, and I urge the committee to approve. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Kiefer. Um, I have uh, Mark Johnson. Or I don't have, no, I don't have a Mr. Johnson. Who have I got now? I've got John Bridge. Okay. Okay, Mr. Bridge, if you'd like to take a seat over there. You have three minutes when you're ready. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, my name is John Bridge. I'm Chief Executive of Cambridgeshire Chambers of Commerce uh, and we represent some 3,800 members uh, through the whole of Cambridgeshire. Um, we um, obviously work very closely with the business community and we do indeed a lot of international trade uh, and we do export documentation for many of the big businesses uh, throughout the area. The key thing is that um, with the current economic situation and uh, the way that uh, the businesses are focused, they're very much looking at exporting, they're very much looking at connections uh, in the rest of the world and it is quite clear to us that other international countries who are doing exactly the same are clearly focused on making sure that they have the right connectivity with those areas because we know from experience and knowledge that the connectivity is critical in terms of creating the actual um, relationships and in particular we look at things like the Chinese market where we clearly uh, will be talking about needing to have con connectivity in uh, with those types of countries. From our perspective 
Stansted is quite critical uh, from the east of England and Cambridgeshire in particular and of course the Cambridge phenomenon which has a, an economy growing faster than that of China's and in order to ensure that we can continue that growth and make sure that that economy can continue to grow we need to ensure that we have the right connectivity not just uh, infrastructure locally but connectivity to the rest of the world and that's where we see Stansted is very critical in terms of being developed so that it can cope with the volumes of traffic that we believe will be necessary in the coming years to actually underpin and enable businesses to connect and clearly be able to do all that they need to. And um, we have been very involved in the Cambridge and Peterborough Independent Economic Review, uh, which has been undertaken by uh, a high-level group of business people and um, uh, asked for by Mayor Jane Palmer. And um, they uh, indeed relate the importance of international connection. And a quote from um, PwC, one of the uh, leading consultants, says that airports provide the connectivity and access required for a modern economy, enabling businesses to capture overseas opportunities and facilitating the coming and going of tourists, all of which fuel economic growth. And so by continuing to support the growth of Stansted, improving the connectivity of the airport to expand its catchment, the Cambridge and Peterborough economy can deepen its integration into the global economy, accessing new markets and creating new business opportunities. Thank you very much, John. Uh, Mark Johnson, do I have? No? Okay. Uh, I'll just run through the other names who haven't appeared. Uh, Stephen Cole? No? Okay. Um, Darren Haste? Haste? Darren, when you're ready. When they vacate the seat. You have three minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Darren, and uh, I'm the Deputy Head of Retail for a company called Manicorp. Uh, and I've been working at the airport daily since we opened back in the 4th of November in 2004. As a company, we ob obviously have a vested interest in the airport being allowed to, to continue to grow in terms of its passenger numbers. But another few million pounds profit to the pockets of our shareholders is not what I care about. I'm not going to talk facts and figures, as I'm sure you already have those. As I enter into my 15th year working at the airport, it's the colleagues and friends I've made along the way and what their jobs and airport growing mean to them and me. I personally, during my 15 years on airport, met and separated from the mother of my children and then found new love, all within the four walls of the airport terminal. As the airport grows and becomes busier, it touches the lives of those within it. Just within my team, I have witnessed several marriages between couples who met working in the airport, numerous relationships and several babies welcomed into the world, all due to the growing need for employees who meet and interact as they fulfil the thousands of jobs associated within and around the airport terminal. The jobs and job security provided by the airport have enabled many of those employees to live and thrive in the surrounding towns and parishes, buying or renting homes and contributing both economically and physically to their communities and councils. With further growth in the number of passenger numbers allowed, it affords those who work there even greater stability, 
further career opportunities and potentially offers thousands of new jobs for people in the surrounding towns and villages as more companies join the already 200 associated with the airport. As a business operator with 80 employees on a permanent basis, I have seen many start in the airport on the bottom rungs but go on to great careers as retail managers, working in compliance divisions of multinationals, finance assistants and executives and many other skilled roles that come their way via the head offices and support functions of airport businesses. A growing and busy airport also has the potential to convince new and long-haul operators that Stansted Airport is the place to launch new routes, bringing greater connectivity to the area for businesses and the people that live, work and play there, not forgetting the additional tourists, new flights and routes bringing to the area and beyond, buoying the UK economy. To finish, it's my belief that Stansted is a great airport and you can see as an employee the sense of community within those walls. Allowing the airport to grow its passenger numbers up to 43 million provides clarity to all on those plans for growth and unleashes the investment to fulfil the airport's ambitions to become the best airport in the UK and an even better place for people to grow in their careers or simply be secure in the knowledge that they have that they have an airport have a longer term future. As such, I urge you to approve this application. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, as far as I'm aware, I've had all the speakers that have registered to speak. Is there anybody here who'd registered that I have not called? No? Okay. Well, under those circumstances then, I'd like to thank everybody for their time today and I will draw this meeting to a close. I will remind everybody that we continue tomorrow, uh, tomorrow being Wednesday, tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock through till 5 and then tomorrow evening from 6 o'clock on till 9 o'clock. So the three sessions, those are the second two. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Uh, the question Councillor Artis, who's on the Stansford Advisory Committee, and also on the Planning Committee, do you attend to attend any of these meetings? Councillor Artis isn't on the Planning Committee. At the new Stansford Advisory Committee. He is a member of STAC, yes. Um, that's for you to ask him, actually. Uh, no, he's not here, no, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'll see what I can do for you, okay? Anyway, I'd like to thank everybody. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you.
No, it's, it's...